up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Thursday, August 25th. Two days away from the biggest fantasy football draft day of the year, and we're going to continue to get you set up here on the podcast today, of course. We'll continue on with this team preview series. Uh, We have the Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the show today. Get you set up there. A lot of interesting players for sure on those squads. Of course, we are also getting you set up over at FTNFantasy.com. If you want draft boards, cheat sheets, all that, we got you covered. We have the draft guides, both the Rookie Fantasy Scouting Guide and the game plan. We also, of course, have the most accurate rankings in the industry from 2021. I'm not making it up, man. I'm not BSing you. It's for real. Uh, Go check that out, plus the projections, plus I recommend, uh, honestly, getting behind a paywall getting the platinum subscription that way you get access to league sync you get access to the discord where you can talk directly to me and other staffers you get access to all of the tools all the goods man promo code rat pack r-a-t-p-a-c-k will get you 20 percent off uh and uh that applies to any of our subscriptions including the Platinum Plus subscription, so you get access to Platinum Plus, our DFS subscription as well. You get my secret weapon. I hate that more people are going to be using it this year, but it's all good. I could deal with it. Uh, the uh, ownership projections that we have that are unique to us. We're not using anybody else's ownership projections, so you get a little bit of an edge on the field with all of that. FTNFantasy.com. Promo code Rat Pack. All right, let's dive into the Seattle Seahawks, a team in transition. Somehow, Pete Carroll and John Schneider are still here, and they get a second run at this thing. Will they be able to put that second run together? That That's a, a bigger question, but you really think the first run of this organization was Russell Wilson on the offensive side of the ball anchoring things, and really Bobby Wagner anchoring things on the defensive side of the ball. If you look at the entire sort of generation of it, yes, I know early Legion of Boom, you had other guys, you had Cam Chancellor, you had uh, Earl Thomas, you had Richard Sherman, you know, you had guys like Michael Bennett, et cetera, and so on. But really, Bobby Wagner, right? K.J. Wright as well, but Bobby Wagner, he gone. Russell Wilson, he gone. So it's a completely different team. And honestly, this team for fantasy purposes is heavily impacted by the departure of Russell Wilson. Because if no Russ, then right now we're looking at, we don't know. I mean, Geno Smith knows the offense better because he's been in it than Drew Locke. But Geno Smith is a backup quarterback. I mean, he's a decent backup, right? You need a decent backup in the NFL. You do. You hope that you don't have to use that backup, but you need a decent backup, and he's that. Drew Locke is a backup, and I guess an okay backup, but you have two backup quarterbacks battling for the top spot. That's not good. Now, I should note, as of right now, as of this broadcast, right, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers. Now, I mentioned this with the 49ers preview Every team in the NFL knows that the 49ers are going to have to cut him at final roster cuts. They are not paying a backup 20 plus million dollars. They're not doing it. And he is not starting. Like it's not even in the discussion. So they're going to have to cut him. 
And if they cut him, I could see Seattle as one of the teams who would get in there and make a play for him. Now, he wouldn't be out there in week one, mind you. It'll take a little time for him to ramp up, but they know Jimmy Garoppolo well from having to face him over the last couple seasons as a divisional rival. Uh, he fits, man, he fits. He fits better than Russell Wilson, believe it or not, with what Pete Carroll wants to do. And that's not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is better, obviously, but he fits better because Pete Carroll wants to run the darn ball. He wants to run it like it's 1972 all over again. And yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo managed that darn game. He's not Russell Wilson, but he can do what you want in this offense. So that could be the case, and that certainly would help salvage some fantasy value for a bunch of these guys, including the wideouts, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Now, here's what I'm going to say about Metcalf. Wide receivers, good wide receivers, can put up fantasy numbers with bad quarterbacks. It happens every year. Brandon Cooks last year, I mean, there's some prime examples in the history of fantasy football, like Josh Gordon's breakout year. The quarterbacks with the Browns that year were crap. Really, they were backup quarterbacks. It was like the same type of situation here. You can put up fantasy numbers, viable fantasy numbers, good fantasy numbers with bad quarterbacks. You can. If you're a good enough player, you can do it. And DK Metcalf is a good enough player. What I like about this situation is, you know, in fantasy football, people overreact to everything. You know, people play fantasy football like fans watch football, and that's not good because if you're not kind of operating in the middle, more zen-like, you're going to make mistakes because overreactions lead to mistakes on either side. In this case, we've moved DK Metcalf to a point where he's a value. If you come out of your draft and DK Metcalf's your third wide receiver, that's pretty freaking good. I don't care if it's Drew Locke, Geno Smith, or me throwing him the football. Well, maybe if it was me throwing him the football, that wouldn't be good. But I don't care necessarily who's throwing him the ball. That's not a bad spot. Now, I'm a little bit lower on Tyler Lockett, not as bullish, because he doesn't quite have that same profile. Like What I like about DK Metcalf is he a tr- he's a true X, and I like those true Xs. I'm a su- sucker for those true Xs, especially when you have his athleticism. So Tyler Lockett, all right, I'll take a stab on him in the wide receiver four range, like outside of the top 36. That's fine. I don't love it, and there's nobody else at wide out. Uh, at tight end, be careful. Yes, Noah Fant is there. Yes, Noah Fant is freakishly athletic, but early indications are they're going to be using Noah Fant and Will Disley. You know, Disley's been around the block for this team for a while, and they do like Disley, so just be very, very careful with your expectations on Noah Fant. I think it's really risky, really volatile. He's not one of the the late-round tight ends I'm targeting right now. All right, let's move to the backfield, of course. Ken Walker, the second running back off the board in this past April's draft. A very talented between-the-tackles runner with home run hitting potential on any play. Like, this dude's fast. He's not just a, you know, grind it out, get you, you know, five yards and a, and a uh, just a, a cloud of dust. This guy is a burner. But, of course, he's dealing with a what was called a hernia issue. Pete Carroll won't quite tell us exactly what it was. He did have a procedure for it. They, they're still optimistic he's going to be back in week one. So as of now, to start the season, will Rashad Penny be the top back? Yes, it does look that way. Will that stay? 
I don't know. I mean, I know I know a thing or two about Rashad Penny. I've been around that block before, and uh, I'm not convinced that that's going to stick. I know a lot of people are going to think about the heroics down the stretch last year, and that's fine and dandy, and I get why you're doing that, but that's also recency bias when the larger body of work suggests, and he's also getting up there in age, but suggests that, A, he's not going to stay healthy, and B, the team made this move for Ken Walker for a reason. So, what's the move that I'm going to make? I'm going to let somebody draft Rashad Penny first, and I'm going to draft Ken Walker, and then I'm going to know I don't need him in week one or week two. I I want him to ramp up, and I really want, you know, he's one of these guys who could be a second-half rookie hero at running back. We see these guys every single year, and so I'll take the discount on Ken Walker if I can get it. I'll take the discount on DK Metcalf if I can get it, and then other than that, maybe lock it, but otherwise I really don't want much to do with the Seattle team. Let's move over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is back in practice after his hiatus. And I don't think anything really changes for Brady this year. Like Brady is coming off of one of the best statistical seasons we've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. And he did it at 44 years old. He had over 5,000. I mean, he, he would approach the record in terms of passing yards. Over 5,300 passing yards. Over 40 passing touchdowns. He had 43 of them. And he showed no signs of decline. Now, granted, no Antonio Brown. Did that really matter? No. Instead, you bring in Julio Jones. I know. I know. He's going to get hurt. I know. Everybody's going to rebut that. But still, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. You don't have Gronk, but I'll talk about that in a minute. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be just as bullish on Brady as you were last year. I mean, we're not drafting him super high. Because he doesn't bring that rushing ability, but I'm a quarterback eight right now. I I hope people doubt him, but I really don't think it's going to happen in fantasy drafts. I have a couple more coming up, uh, and and I just don't I don't see it. But uh, if they do, I'm not going to hesitate to draft Tom Brady. Uh, let's talk about these wide ups. So so Evans had a little bit of a hammy issue, but he's going to be fine. Godwin is not fully participating in practice yet. Like he didn't, he wasn't placed in the pup. It does not seem like he's going to be placed on the pup for the regular season either, the reserve pup, but he wasn't on the active pup in camp. That's all good. It just may take a little bit of time for him to ramp up. Then, of course, you have Julio Jones. You brought in Russell Gage. And then you have like, you have a deep group beyond that who are fighting for the final roster spots, right? So, Evans, I'm fine with Evans as a top 10 guy. I like Godwin right on the edge of wide receiver two territory. Like, we're getting a little bit of a discount for what will likely be a somewhat slow start to the season. But remember, last year, Godwin was Brady's favorite target. Godwin was a rock solid wide receiver one before getting hurt. So we can't forget that. It may take us a little bit of time to get to that point, but once we're there, I, you know, the utmost confidence in Chris Godwin. So I'll take the discount on him. I did this past weekend. Now, if I had a choice between Julio Jones or Russell Gage, I'll tell you, I'm taking Julio Jones, and it's simply because we have not really seen what Julio Jones can do with a with a quarterback who pushes the ball to the end zone. Matt Ryan didn't do that. We barely saw him with Ryan Tannehill. Not that Ryan Tannehill would have done that last year. Tom Brady does that. Julio Jones is a big dude who could be an, a red zone asset for this team, 
So yes, a little bit touchdown dependent. I don't see I don't see Julio Jones topping 100 targets or anything, but you do get that red zone presence, you know, that you may have had in Gronk before. You don't have that this year with this roster. You get it in Julio Jones, so I don't mind taking a late round flyer on him. Um, and actually have already. Uh, as far as tight end, so Gronk is out of the mix. They have Cameron Brait. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. They drafted Kate Otten. Um, Otten for the long term, sure. He actually is very similar to Brait. He's like a little bit more of an athletic Brait for me. So he could be the long term replacement for Brait. Brait's getting up there in age. Rudolph, now a lot of the chatter is that Rudolph will be assuming the Rob Gronkowski role in this offense. I think that more so means he's going to be the inline tight end. Like, he'll be the blocking tight end. Sure, he'll get some targets, but he's not Rob Gronkowski. So he's not going to get all of that work. That work's going to swing over to the wideouts more so uh, than it will stay with the tight ends. Initially, it looked like Cameron Brait might have been a decent fantasy option. Um, I'm really hesitant to say that at this point. I'm, I'm not really interested in Cameron Brait catching fall down type but of tight end that he is so no real value at the tight ends like if we want a piece of Brady and we don't have Brady we want Evans we want Godwin and then we want Julio Jones I want Julio Jones I mean I know some people might want Gage ahead of Jones but I'm going after Jones for that touchdown upside all right Leonard Fournette I don't care about the weight um, what I care about is the fact that he is a three down back in an explosive offense he is more than capable of catching the ball out of the backfield and if you don't believe me look to last year he's more than capable of carrying the ball between the tackles and he has very little competition for touches now Leonard Fournette has been known to get banged up and I'll talk about what we do there in a minute but people just love to hate Leonard Fournette for fantasy purposes and we can use that to our advantage. He's going to very likely be the last of the top 10 running backs drafted in your draft still upcoming. And I'm cool with that. I have no issue grabbing Leonard Fournette as the last dude out of those top 10. None whatsoever. Now, I'm only grabbing one top 10 running back. But if it's Leonard Fournette, I have no worries. None. None whatsoever. People are going to find reasons to dislike him because they're still scarred from whatever happened back in his Jacksonville days, but I'm fine with Leonard Fournette. Now, if I draft Leonard Fournette, I do want to cuff him, and while initially it looked like Rashad White, the rookie out of Arizona State, was buried on the depth chart, uh, he's moving his way up, and he has a three-down skill set so that if Leonard Fournette went down... Yeah, maybe we'll see a little Keyshawn Vaughn. Sure, we'll continue to see Giovanni Bernard, but we're going to see Rashad White. So what I do is if I draft Leonard Fournette, I just move Rashad White up two rounds on my board to make sure that I get him, and uh, that's it. We're good to go. All right, the final preview show coming up tomorrow. That's Tennessee and Washington. Remember, ftnfantasy.com. Go. Use the promo code RATPACK. Get your discount, man. Get that 20% off. Uh, definitely use that. You know, use it. You can use that extra money for something else. Put it towards a couple best balls or something like that. Uh, follow along with me, of course, on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe. And I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.